All right, and we are live. Assalamu alaikum, Abdul Shakur. Thank you so much for being with here, here with me, my man, giving me your time, your attention, and just sharing your value with the audience. And to present Abdul Shakur to everyone here and everyone that's going to watch the recordings, Abdul Shakur is someone that works with Etika leaders, and he's someone that actually specializes in personal branding, in property, in investments, and he's raised $2 million in property in the last eight months. And he's an expert in building communities and in the power of personal brand. And we're here today to get some of his expertise and get some of his value and share it with all of you here. Assalamu alaikum, Abdul. Thank you so much for being here, my man. brothers, and, and it's a pleasure, man. You know, I read you on my podcast, and, and again, there was so much value being given there. And I think I just want to be able to return that value today. 100%, man. It's honestly an honor to have you. And before we get started, before we kind of dive into all the questions that I'm sure everyone is eager to hear and, and to know about mm -hmm. you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you even got started, how you became this person right now that's, you know, raising millions of dollars in property investments and an expert in personal branding, but how did that Abdul like got started? How did it, how did it get here? Uh, I, I think let's go back to the beginning. Um, so I was prematurely born um, and I grew wow. up in a, uh, in a very sort of, in a very strict religious background. Um, and anyone that has come from that background will know that they will face a lot of stick because they'll be like, okay, you have this uh, image to perfume of, of like your father or the people of his friends, always being compared. But one thing that I, I love my family for and I respect my family for is they gave me this ability to probably speak from a young age. So they put me on stages, made me do speeches in Urdu, made me do English speeches, made me sort of address an audience and build that confidence. And, and actually I was quite a shy reserved guy. So it, it kind of like it came to me like I wanted to be a leader maybe mm -hmm. not as much like my father in a religious context, but I wanted to be a leader in general. How? I didn't know what that was like. So I, you know, as well as doing, the, you know, being the sort of hustler in school and, and kind of being that person who makes money in school, I kind of took the route of spending a lot of time volunteering. Okay. And this was the sort of the early days of sort of Facebook and social media. So I kind of spent a lot of time giving back and volunteering in charities and nonprofit organizations. But I built these skills of like being able to sell tickets, being able to put on events, being able to manage social media campaigns, being able to influence people or be surrounded by adults. Uh, and that allowed me to then really sort of harness my skills of communication around people who were like, double my age, triple my age, and kind of end their respect or, or have a level of influence around them. Um, also got involved in, in politics and public speaking from a young age. But I realized, actually, you know, I've got this skill, and I believe I can make money, but I can also make a purposeful impact in it. Mm -hmm. And that's where my first business sort of started. So it's about helping young people uh, who wanted to get into a, a marketing agency back then, but didn't have the portfolio, the experience, or the money to do so. So yeah. I went out and I utilized my sales skills to go and get business whilst giving them an income and using them as freelancers. Um, and then eventually, you know, uh, getting them into, um, you know, into a, a more profitable agency, or even just giving them the skills and the tools to be able to to go do something with their lives, uh, and that was valuable because not only did I create one, you know, two income streams for myself, but I also create a third one with government funding. So it was like, you know, as people have this idea that you can't make a difference, you can't make money and make a difference at the same time. Right. And I wanted to kind of change that approach and change that thinking and say, actually, you know what, you can be someone that gives back or someone that adds value to the community, but you also can be profitable at the same time. That's amazing, man. And for someone like yourself that started, as you mentioned, you from a young age, your parents put you in a situation where you were on stage, you were speaking publicly, and you were kind of forced to get out of that shell and put yourself out there. How did that affect you later in life? Right now, we're in a position where you have to raise 
investments, millions of dollars for property, and you have to help people build these personal brands. I, I, I think let's, I think that was useful because it gave me the level, to, the ability to express myself and be able to communicate effectively. And I think that is important. I think being able to stand in front of a stage in front of a few thousand people, I think anyone will respect that regardless of who they are and what age they are. So it's like that, you know, you're already put in a position of authority when you can host an event or when you can speak. Or for example, when you're probably speaking on podcasts, you can very easily influence people just because you're a great speaker. Uh, and that communication tool became super useful, but it wasn't all sort of sunshine and rainbows. Like it's like right. I had to go through homelessness because in my in our culture, going back you know 10, 12 years ago, you know there weren't many young Muslim Asian entrepreneurs about, in, in, especially in the UK. So right. for me, it was like I I there no there were no role models around me. I had no business people to look up to. I had nobody around me. So I said, look, I'm gonna step up to that plate and try and be not only a role model, but I try and pave the way for the next generation coming through. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent, and I totally respect that. And that's exactly what we believe in here, and what we do at Omopreneur. So it's I can totally resonate with that, and it's awesome. Uh, so Abdul Shakur, again, just thank you for sharing the story, my man. In terms of right now, how did you go from again that person where you said you were experiencing homelessness at some point, and now you're again working in property and personal branding and building communities? What was that transition like and how did you get out of that? How did you get out of that period, that challenge in your life? Um, I, I think it's, it all comes down to people. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, God, Allah puts people in your path along the right way at the right time. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm a believer in that. Um, there was a local business owner at the time who used to run uh, like a little cafe or a lounge. And I used to sneak into the back of his business and try and sleep there or try and sleep around that place. Wow. And he then saw me one day and he caught me and he said to me, look, um, I want you to come and um i want you to come and you know i can't promise you money but what i can do is i can put a roof overhead and through the table you can sleep in the shop front but you can but you i need you to work for me i need you to help me run my business um and so i picked up a lot of again there was another space where i i picked up a lot of skills to be able to network and be able to talk to strangers and and get very comfortable with building relationships very quickly so i can get repeat business or i can get new business in Right. That makes sense, man. And it, so basically you were in a position where you, subhanAllah, you're, God has made you meet that person. And then that person has opened up these doors, these opportunities. But you also had to take that step to actually take advantage of these opportunities to move forward and to actually take charge. Be like, okay, yes, this is an opportunity. I'm seeing a door opening up. I'm diving in. Mm, I think I think this is where a lot of people might go wrong sometimes because they feel like opportunity should come to them. And I've always been that person. If there isn't a door, you've got to build a door for yourself. And I've never mm -hmm. kind of waited back or just you know just posted content or just did things. You know, from a very young age, I was that guy going into spaces that you don't see many brand Asian or Muslim faces in. So for me, it's like I would go and surround myself with people who are in the you know, seventy-year-old white guys who are you know, in these corporate environments and their suits and they look at me and think, who's this young Asian kid come out of nowhere? And that was, I used to force myself into those environments because one, I wanted to feel comfortable, but I knew that there was something that I had to learn from those individuals or there was some level of, um, you know, confidence that I, I had, there was just this belief that I had that I was, I could be there and I can influence them and I can get money out of them. That's amazing, man. And so, because through this belief and i'm guessing even through this action that you've taken you've naturally transitioned to personal branding building communities and i think it's very closely related to what you do can you tell me why you fell in love with personal branding and why you decided that's something that you want to do and you want to help people with okay so just to backtrack before i go into that i, I want okay, to go sure. into this a bit about the journey because i feel like uh, it gives it'll create a bit of context 
Mm-hmm. Well, I failed and started several businesses. There wasn't it wasn't just one idea and I got it right. It was I built a recruitment company and I built that as well. I fell out with this with my business partner. I built an events exhibition. I had a personal development company. You know, I lost my way. I find my way. Like I lost my way as an individual away from the being of you know. And if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't I wouldn't be in this position where I am today. But at the same time. I had one thing I realized that stuck with me was my personal brand. Mm. It was the fact that someone I met 10 years ago is now willing to give me their business and put a lot of money into me today from a property perspective because they knew me, you know, they've been following my journey for the last five years. And even, mm. for example, today I closed a, a deal with the marketing agency, which was, you know, which is worth 12 to 15 grand for, for the deal that I just closed today. And that was pretty much on the back of uh, a relationship that, Probably it was, you know, four or five years ago and, and that person just followed me on social media and all I did was stay consistent and mm-hmm. now I can do business with that person. So it's like, that's that's the, that's the why I fell in love with it. Regardless of who you are and where you come from, you can, you can start to influence people in your own way, in your own format. You don't have to copy someone else's style. You don't have to be like somebody else. You could be you, the authentic side of you, and you can still go out there and influence and build a business from it. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, people like, I, I, again, every community needs a leader. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if you are going to lead, especially in today's age, you need you need to you need to go out and reach out to people. You know the the biggest advantage we have is social media. Why are we not leveraging that for you know for business or attention? We you know you know a lot of people are suffering during this time of coronavirus where people yeah. have this thing where people businesses are shutting down. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, I've got loads of opportunity here because you know we've got this ability to market online or build a business online, and that's you know what it is, and that doesn't happen. But if it wasn't for yeah. the personal brand element. I wouldn't exist. You wouldn't see me here today. I wouldn't yeah. have the level of success I have. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's thanks to people like my wife and thanks to Allah that I that I, I came to that realization a lot earlier rather than, you know, another, you know, I wasted another five years down the line. That makes sense, my brother. And, and again, so much value being dropped right now. If I were to ask you a quick question, we're talking about personal branding, but what's the difference between personal brand and just a regular company brand? Like what's the difference between a personal branding and let's say Forbes or uh, one of these Fortune 500 companies, what's the major difference between these two? Um, I think the big thing is that with a business brand, you can, you know, you always have to talk about one thing. You're, you're kind of very sort of, you're kind of, with, with business brand, it's like, it's a company, it's the, it's the reputation of the company. But when mm-hmm. if you've got no reputation, then who are, who are people going to buy from? People are going to buy from you as an individual. So before you even build your business brand, you know, they're going to buy into you. Like even if you like, and, and this is where I believe that no matter how much competition there is in an industry, if you build a personal brand in your authentic way, in your way, shape, or form, with your niche and with your audience, you can still make money. You can, mm-hmm. there's still enough money to go around because right. even until today, people buy from me. They don't buy the fact that, oh, I can do this. They, that's an advantage. That skill set or that expertise is, is an advantage. But it's the fact that I'm able to communicate that. And it's the fact that I live and breathe that expertise or I live and breathe the the, the brand that I'm, I am as an individual allows me to build a business. Right. 100%. And to kind of just piggyback off that and, and ask you another question comp- very closely related for someone again that's hearing this and, and that's like okay that makes a lot of sense personal brand versus company brand 
I've spent this whole time building like a business image and a logo and a, a business name. I've never put myself out there. I've never shown my face as the person behind the business. I've never thought it was important. Is it important? Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. And I, I think this is where I think I want to address something. This myth of, of personal branding that you have to be an extrovert to build a personal brand. I mm -hmm. think introverts and extroverts both have the, this advantage that they both have their strengths. For example, an introvert is very good listener, which means they'll be better at engaging a community of people by asking the right questions and facilitating. That is actually sometimes more powerful than an extrovert who loves the limelight who you know who can entertain and who can be out there but doesn't have that human touch or doesn't have that uh, ability to be relatable uh, and right. sometimes this is where people can cross the line a bit if you're too extrovert it, it might come across as you know it, it might come across as arrogance it might mm -hmm. that overconfidence might actually put people away um, with the introverts, people get to know the real you. People get to see this level of, uh, you know, this personality, this human approach. There's the fact that they're engaging with you. With extroverts, all they're doing is talking. How right. much influence can you do with, with just talking? You still have <laughs> to engage with that, with that individual and their goals and their desires and their dreams. And that mm -hmm. comes from being a good listener or being a good introvert, I call it. Mm -hmm. So... We're bringing up a very powerful point. Personal branding is directly related to your income. Your personal brand is related to how much profit you make in your business, how much income you make in your business. What if someone comes and says, all right, that makes total sense, but I'm already spending all my time working on my business. I don't have time to be posting content all day and writing new things. Does it take a lot of time to build a personal brand? Does it take a huge investment? No, absolutely not. Um, and I think this is just comes down to how resourceful you are. Like, I'm not a guy that spends thousands of pounds of ads. I'm not a guy that, um, that you know, sits there and creates, you know, content all day long. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'll engage and I'll build a community. Like, I go on for like an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. I don't spend my whole day. Like, the thing is, if you could take 20% of your sales time and put it into your, uh, your marketing time, it will add value to the sales side. So right. you, you can't, you, again, you just got to manage this, people, this thing about people don't have time. Like, look at the position we're in right now. We're stuck at home. Yeah, that's true. You've got all, <laughs> you've got all the time in the world. But the thing is, if you don't believe that personal branding is going to work or you don't believe marketing is going to work, then it's not going to work for you. If you don't believe in this idea that you have to give back or create content and that's going to be valuable in, in the short term and the long term, then, mm. then it's not going to work for you because you've already switched your mind off on that belief. Right. That makes sense. Now, let's say someone's working on an e-commerce store or this type of business where they have, they feel like they don't need a, a personal brand. They don't need to build a community, right? Like it's, it's a store, I'm putting up products. I'm just trying to sell something online. Um, I'm not trying to be a coach or a consultant, right? Like I'm not trying to get people to know me. I just want them to buy something online. Is it still important for that person to build a personal brand or a community? A hundred percent. Let me give you an example. Um, Manzo is an app. It's a tech company. They they, they don't really, um, you know, they're a bank. But they've been able to grow to 3 million users or 3 million people and be able to retain those individuals because of that community. Mm -hmm. Let me give you another example. The whole idea of a community is a, not just getting someone to buy once, but keep coming them, get them to keep coming back in and buying from you on a regular basis. Your marketing right. or your ability to put a business online and make sure the SEO is right and do all of that might get people to your site. 
But your long-term customer, that loyalty will only be created from having that level of engagement in, right. a, in a more personal format. Mm. You know, and, and I think that's and I think that's the the idea that people need to believe in. Like for example, in the restaurant game, there's this idea that it's only the fourth or fifth time someone comes into your restaurant does that person then become a loyal customer to you? They have mm-hmm. to buy from you four to five times before they get to that stage where they stay loyal. Right. What community does is just, is a catalyst. It, it, makes, it decreases that time because all you need to then do is sell one item to them and they will keep buying from you if you've got a community associated. Plus, as human beings, we naturally associate ourselves as, as tribal individuals. It's in our blood, it's in our DNA, it's, 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 in, it's in humanity sort of thing. Right. But we have to associate ourselves as a community, whether it's school, whether it's mosque, whether it's whatever environment or whatever thing that you want to be a part of, whether it's your job, we love to be a part of a community. We to, whether it's football fans, think about football fans. Yeah, Football fans are like the biggest community ever. Yet they make serious amount of money. So you got to see yourself as, okay, I need to, one, be a part of a community of like-minded individuals, but imagine if I could create one. Right. And it's it's funny that you mentioned the, the football fans allegory, which is people will only become like huge fans of something that they can relate to. And, and it's true that people have a hard time relating with a faceless logo or just an image but when it comes to a person, as human beings, we relate to other people, relate to other experiences, to people that might have been through something we've been through, that might believe in something that we believe in, which is the whole purpose behind Umarpreneur. It's a Muslim entrepreneur community. We're all Muslims. It's kind of, we all can relate on that faith level, and that brings us together. And so there's something bringing us together here that's more powerful than just the brand and just what we're trying to do. And I think that's so important in building communities. And speaking of that, when it comes to building communities, and it's something that you're an expert in, what would be your biggest advice for someone that's starting out from scratch? Like there's, there's zero. They're like, all right, I'm, I think I want to do this. I want to build a community. Where should I get started? Um, I think the number one is find a niche. Uh, okay. I, I think my sort of step-by-step process is what I, I feel I like will be of value. Number one is find a niche. I think okay. you've got to get very detailed as to who your community is and mm-hmm. what you, and why is it going to be valuable to them? What problems do they face? Kind of like creating a, you know, a customer profile or you know, a customer avatar. It's more about finding a niche and finding a problem that you can solve for them. Um, before you talk about the solution or your product offering, you need to build and just engage people. Like, for example, before I got people to raise money from uh, you know, property investment, I built a community of people who are interested in property. So mm-hmm. I just got loads of people interested in property to come together and just engage. So I, I did an offline event. I then got that audience. And if you can't do offline, you just you can use online, online sort of networking or online sort of groups or online even create an event, right, and attach a link to your Facebook group and drive people into to be a part of your sort of community, this Facebook group. Then it's about making sure you have them, you have multiple touch points to engage with them. So this is where it becomes super important that you're, that you might have, you know, have a, a newsletter that you might send out as extra value. You might have a podcast that you might do. It might be something else, uh, an Instagram to engage them in your stories. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, you need to have a few multiple touch points. Number, number three, I think, uh, and I think this is where most people forget is that building that one-to-one relationship 
Mm. I think a lot of people try and communicate because marketing traditionally is communicating to the masses, right? But I think if you really want to drive sales, you need to have that one-to-one engagement with people. So spend more time engaging rather than creating content. Like I spend most of my time engaging with people, build relationships, getting people onto my podcast. I don't spend a lot of time creating content. So it's super important that you spend more time engaging. And number three is have a process that you take them through. A bit like a funnel in your world. Right. A community is also a funnel. So you also got to think, how do I get someone from being interested within a, in a topic, a subject, to then going into my community, to then finding out about my products or finding a solution, uh, you know, addressing the problem, as I like to call it, um, and then investing in me. Right. So you then got to get someone to invest in you pretty quickly. Uh, and this is where another thing that people go wrong. People just create this high-end product of something that's a thousand pound or two thousand pound. But I think the best sort of community builders will offer something very small. They'll offer a five hundred pound product or a two hundred pound product or a one hundred pound product mm-hmm. as a way to get them to purchase something. Like my biggest clients have have come from you know months of nurturing, but also they've come from this the smaller end of the product scale. They've invested something small, though. They've been part of my community for a long period of time they then invested in a 497 product and then they went like okay now i'm going to sign you up to a retainer fee or this is i'm going to pay you two grand or three grand a month right that makes complete that so there's there has to be it's not just about i mean building community is important but then there's also has to be some sort of path that you're taking that person through like that customer journey right absolutely exactly so like whether you're as you mentioned it's it's a very beautiful way to do it. And it's beautifully depicted in how you broke it down, which is first, you just want to get someone interested in a certain topic, right? Like you're looking for people interested in property that, that, you know, that's your, your target audience. That's your niche. But then based on that, then you're kind of taking them through a process. You're building engagement with them. You're nurturing these relationships. You're putting them all in a community together. And then after that, you're starting to be like, okay, who's interested in taking that next step and and going further, working together and, and doing something. And that's pretty much, kind of the whole process that you take them through. And it's it's a step-by-step where instead of just trying to sell someone right away, like, hey, listen, I have this product. Let's go ahead and, and, and do business together. It's like, no, first, let's, you're interested in this. All right, let's build a community. Let's engage. Let's get to know each other. And then when the time is right, you go ahead and pitch. And it just becomes so much smoother. And let me give you the two reasons why you should build a community of personal brand. And, and, and this is, uh, and this will be, this will really hit home for a lot of people. When we have an answer, when we have a problem, for example, and, and especially within a, in our religion, if we have a level of an issue or something we don't understand, who do we turn to? We turn to scholars, we turn to an imam. Yeah. But we also respect that imam based on the amount of followers or based on how well engaged his community is. So, for example, if, if he's got an engaged community and he says, okay, and people say, look, I, I go to that mosque or I go to this place. Uh, and they will literally, if they hear from someone else, like, oh, let me go check it out. And, once they, and, it, and, and it kind of amplifies that word of mouth ability mm-hmm. and gets people to buy into this leader. Right. So it kind of puts you at this position of an authority. Like, just because, like, I'm 25, the fact of the matter is, bec- I'm, and I'm asking for, I'm asking for 150,000 pound plus investment from people. That's a lot of money to, to people to a part of it. Oh, but yeah. the fact that I built an event and I built a community, people already see me as this authority leader. An imam doesn't have to have a lot of years of experience. He just needs to be able to give himself this platform to be able to communicate a message across. 
That's amazing, man. And so to kind of really, I want to give something tangible here to the viewers and the people that are watching us on the live and just want to thank you all for being here on the live with us. And I hope you're enjoying all the value bombs that Abdul Shakur is dropping right now. Someone's like, all right, I'm convinced. Let's go. What's the best way to do it to start? Is it a Facebook group? Is it a local event? Is it a meetup? What's your, what's your suggestion? Someone's like, all right, I'm, I'm starting from scratch. What should I start with? What should I build? I say, um, I say build a meetup uh, and Eventbrite uh, okay. account. I think meetup naturally promotes it for you. And, and so does Eventbrite. Utilize SEO to your advantage by having the keywords. So rather than having a, 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 you know, a, a, a community that's associated to your brand, for example, you know, if my company is called Etika, Etika Community, rather than calling it Etika Network, call it something broad. Like I called my event London Property Network because mm -hmm. and SEO wise, it was super valuable for me. I then, once I sold them on the copy of what I do, at the end of my meetup at Eventbrite, I will have a link to my Facebook group. Okay. So naturally, I'm organically using one search to be able to get people's attention and get people's interest. Then I'm just linking my community. So wherever you go, even if it's in your Facebook, whether it's your profile, whether it's your, uh, your, your LinkedIn account, wherever it is, have your Facebook group or the core community that you've chosen or where you've chosen to build on as your uh, as the link that people join that dri right. drives traffic into the group then within the group you then say you then figure out what people want to talk about mm -hmm. so you then ask them what you know what shall we discuss do you have questions here's some value here's some advice here's some tips but also you know let's start interviewing people let's start asking questions let's get some questions in and so naturally especially if you've got that you know an offline event right now we can't but as soon as we're out we'll be able to do an offline event yeah. you can get them all together in a cafe and it, you're not asking you're not, you're not asking for an official venue you're not asking for these huge seminars you're basically i used to just take over a hotel lobby i used to walk into a hotel lobby and i should say let me can i is it okay if i use this space in the corner for just to just to meet a few friends there's gonna be about you know 10 to 20 people or even 30 people for my first event and i just want and it's something that i just want to bring and people you know people will buy from the bar so the general right. money for the reception there might not say anything to you um and then i just got to build those relationships face to face whilst whilst adding value to them online when i'm in right. at the event I'm not really speaking to them. I'm not a speaker at that event. I'm just a host. I'm just going around saying, hey, how are you guys doing? Nice to meet you. Hey, I, might, um, I want to introduce you to that person. I want to introduce you to that person. Just kind of facilitate or work the room and be a host rather mm -hmm. than a speaker or a value adder. Then when, when you want to add value to them, you get them to add, you add value to them on your Facebook. So people then really see the value of your expertise or their people think, ah, oh, I've gone to his event. Now I've met him as an individual, but now... He's also adding value to me online. That makes complete sense. So you bring up a really interesting point and it's something that actually also resonates with me because I'm someone that's completely focused online. Everything I do is online. I mean, we have this group, it's online, everything is online. And I remember before speaking to you, when we first spoke together, you're like, hey man, you should, you should do some local events. You should get some people together in your local city and also network that way and, and get people involved in whatever it is that you want to do. Now, how important is that? Because again, we're right now in 2020 and everything we hear around us is just push the online, push the online for your business, focus on online. But is offline really important in this day? Do we still need to have these offline things happening? If you want anything, a service, like for example, I've got my clients and retainer fees from anything to grand upwards. Um, um, and the idea behind that is if you're going to look for the big money, 
Mm-hmm. You gotta have an offline relationship with them. It's as okay. simple as that. Um, the second thing is without, and again, just like, um, I, I think everyone can see through the crap right now. I think with, right. with everything online, people are seeing through the, the the people who are just selling courses, who are just doing all of that. I mm-hmm. think what, what offline does is is it kind of bridges that gap. It says mm-hmm. to you, look, yeah, I'm online. I'm, I'm in your face all the time. But when you meet me in person, I'm the exactly same guy. I'm, this, I'm the person that you can actually physically do business with rather than I'm just some online person trying to make money from you. Right. Um, so it increases the value of your relationship, um, and and, it, and and this is natural from a salesperson. Every sales leader will tell you this: the quicker you can take your conversation online to offline, the the quicker you will get business. Right. Wow. I never thought of it that way, man. That's powerful. That's powerful. Like I will try and get someone onto a call as quick as I possibly can. Well, I will get someone to my event as quickly as possibly as I can to in order to build a relationship and get business. Right. Like there has to be that offline aspect. If, if you're, especially in, in, your, in your industry where, again, you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of pounds, there has to, like, that's where when you deal with these high ticket offers and these, and these high ticket prices, that's when it's kind of like business on steroids where it's like you kind of see in your business right away what you need to do to make things work. Whereas when you're offering a smaller price tag, it's like you can kind of get away with not doing it as, as optimally as you should be. But in, in your industry where you're kind of asking for these hundreds of thousands of pounds of investments, you need to kind of really make sure everything is fully taken care of. And so that's where you've realized, okay, I need to get that person not only online, connect with them online, but I need to do some offline things as well. Make sure that I'm being seen and heard physically so that people can directly relate to me. See, I'm a real person. I'm just like you. And, you know, if, if you need something, I'm here for you. Whereas, again, online, as much trust as you try to build, it's not going to be the same. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think uh, I think the quicker you uh, – and, again, this is – this is the thing, people confuse marketing and sales. They're two mm-hmm. very different things. Um, and, and, I've, and, and my wife's also an expert in this field, so I've also, I've also picked this from her and I've learned this from her. I'm a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in sales, it's about closing a deal or making the money. In right. marketing, it's about the relationship. Right. So you got to, at some point, have that conversation to get that money. Right. Serious money. I'm not talking a hundred pound, two hundred pound course. I'm talking five hundred pound upwards. Yeah, you gotta take it offline. The quicker you can take it off, and if, and even if you look at all the people who do sell courses at scale, like for example, someone like Grant Cardone who sells, you know, these two thousand pound universities or this online yeah. university that people purchase, he's got a whole team of salespeople that are, are trying to take conversations offline as quick as possibly as they can. That's true. That's true. That's right. And that's, so that's a, mean, and that's the perception that people have. People think, oh, this guy's built this huge business offline. No, Tony Robbins does his crazy amount of events to be able to, and, and he runs, you know, goes around the world to build that brand. Mm-hmm. You know, any leader you look at, it's the fact that they do something offline and then they put it online is what real content is. It's what real value is. Like, right. that's why vlogs are so powerful. That's why uh, doing events is so powerful because it's just going to make your online 10 times more engaging and 10 times better. That's true. And, and not only that, but it's like, you get to build content in both ways, which is something that okay. it's kind of like two birds in one stone. Like when you go to it, as you mentioned, you go to an offline event to record everything you're doing, 
get some photos in, make sure that you're documenting everything that you do so that when you go back at home and you're in your online, you put all of that content out there as well, right? But also even better, every offline conversation you have with an individual, and, and, and this is where I'm gonna eradicate that excuse of you have got no time to create content. Right. See, this is where I'm gonna take that, that, that sort of excuse that people make. You can literally go, and this is how I create my content, and, and you know this. Mm -hmm. You'll, I, I've had a conversation with you, and then I've taken something that I've talked about, and then I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm going to dwell on that thought. I'm inspired by that conversation. Let yeah. me go and put the thought online. Let me provide some value to my audience online. So I've taken that conversation offline to then add value to the rest of the public or engaging online. So sometimes when you think, okay, how do I go about creating content? I'm going to struggle with, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about. Every day we have moments of inspiration whether it's you know we're reading the Quran, whether it's um, uh, whether it's reading a book, we have moments of inspiration. Don't be afraid to put your own opinion or your own value on top of that, or try and make it yours in a way. Which, for example, I'm reading a book called Rules of People, um, right. and it's got forty rules. All I did, one of the things I did was reading a book, and I realized actually I can twist that rule and make it relevant to personal branding, so I can then talk about it online. Mm -hmm. If you're a relationship coach, relationship coach, you can take that rule of person, twist it, and make it more relevant to the people who who do relationships. Put your own words into it, and you can create content. You know, you can't. And and this is where I was, and I recommend everyone. I was watching this uh, Netflix documentary last night on creativity. Okay, uh, it's called the Creative Brain, I think it is. And every creative genius in the world has never created original content. Wow, that's powerful. So, and, and let me tell you the I, reason I you, why. Yeah, I need you to elaborate on that for sure. Let me tell you the reason why. Because they always, because there's no such thing as originality. They look at different things. They connect us from different places and they make it into them. For example, I've taken the world of recruitment or I've taken the world of how emotional marketing from the nonprofit world and applied it to the profit world. I've taken elements of football fans and applied it to how we can do business. Like mm -hmm. they, Every bit of inspiration has come from different places. And it's just, um, and even in, if you talk about innovation, you know, real ideas that people talk about, these big ideas that these big companies do, it's the same thing. There's a process to it. They will try right. and look at the market and they will think, what's of value to people? What are people not doing? And there's like a whole graph. Like if I recommend everyone to go read a book called Blue Ocean Strategy, because it talks about yeah. how to find your blue ocean, how to find a market that's profitable, but that's also very different to everyone else. You can you can be creative. You know, do you know what I mean? That you can yeah. actually be creative. You can't, and this is where there's a huge myth of I'm not a creative person. Or I'm not a, I'm not a much of a, I don't have much to say of value. Trust me, everybody's got value. Everybody's got creativity and everybody's got something unique to them. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's something, it's an interesting point that you bring out, which is um, kind of a lot of people think like, okay, if I want to go ahead and to relate that back to what we we're talking about, if I want to build that community, if I want to build a personal brand, if I want to build, um, you know, people that are engaged with me around my business, I need to have like this creative mind to come up with this unique content. But the truth is even, even when it comes to my content, it's always things that inspire me from what's around me right now. What, what happened during my day that I feel I could share with others that might help them in some way or give them some sort of value or what did I recently read or even see or on TV or something that maybe resonated with me and I want to share with others because it might benefit others. It's really as simple as that. And it could even be something like, what, looking at what other influencers are sharing and then being inspired by that as well 
and sharing mm. kind of your own version of it, right? Like that uniqueness thing, it's all about just adding your voice to it. And what do you, speaking of voice, personal brand, how does that relate together actually? I think when you're trying to find your own voice or you're trying to find your own authentic sort of style of doing things, I think you've got to go back to your journey. Um, mm -hmm. And this is an exercise that not only some of the biggest brands in the world, the agencies charge like millions for, but yeah. this is something that I, you know, they usually do over a week period. But I've managed to streamline it in a very short space amount of time. Um, I would say is stand in front of someone or talk to a good friend of yours and ask them to say, look, I'm going to tell you my full story, detailed story of your journey. I want you to pick out keywords that you think will resonate with me. Okay. Interesting. That keywords and, and what keeps coming up that, for example, and, and I do this with my clients, I do this with brands, I do this with personal yeah. individuals, I go through their journey because often it tells me who they are and what tone of voice, what language, what they care about, what their audience will care about or what their community will care about because we attract like for like. So we're going to build a community around people that actually like us. So it's okay that, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to target everyone within a certain community. I'm trying to find like-minded individuals that operate or believe or have the same value system or can relate to me as an individual and the things I care about. That's it. So for someone that's, you know, starting off and, and it's like you mentioned, personal branding community, I want to also switch it around to property. Let's say someone was like, oh yeah, I'm starting off in business. I'm pretty interested in this property thing as well that you're doing, Abdul Shakur. And, you know, I don't have a real estate license. I haven't really like studied property that much. This looks like a pretty good opportunity for investing in the in the market. I mean, do you need a real estate license to do this? What do you actually, if you want to invest, do you think this is a good time? You know, if someone's getting started in this whole world, what's the first step really? Um, this is, and this, you know, this is going to tie, you're going to find this funny, but this ties back <laughs> into a level of community. I'm just going to keep saying that word. Okay, go for it. I want people to understand that you could, there's, there's money out there okay. in the world. There's enough money out there in the world. Just because you're not in a position of, of financial freedom or financial wealth, that doesn't mean other people don't have that money and are not willing to part with it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the big difference between especially people who come from more ethnic minorities. They, they hold on to money. They hold on and they feel like, you know, everyone's really struggling around them. So, you know, I grew up around that. So for me, my mindset around money was was like, oh, you know, I have to hold on to every penny or I have to, I have to spend what I have and I make the most of it. Yeah. Uh, with property, you don't actually have to use your own money. Okay, interesting. Uh, I, so I, uh, so for example, our developments or our projects, I go out there and I find investors who have got money and I say to them, look, I'm going to give you these returns, but I need this money from you. Mm -hmm. so and, and, and in an industry, on average, um, they... If, you, if you're giving anyone between 5 and 15% return for, of an investment, you're okay. So you can literally get someone to help you rent a house, turn it into an Airbnb, and make profit from that, and split the profit with the investor every single month. Right. Cost, yeah, and, and you can literally, and, and trust me, a lot of money, like I, asking for 10 grand isn't a lot. So you can literally get 10 grand, find an investor, take on a, a rental property, convince the agent to give you that property as, as a, if you position yourself professionally. Um, and then you can literally start, you know, print out on Airbnb and, and start really building a business. And because it's like a hotel, you're not, you're going to make more profit. You pay back the, the rent of the property. You take on 
um, you, 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 any profit that you have, you, you make sure the investor gets paid back his monthly sort of income or or whatever he needs. Some some investors ask it for the end of the year. Some people ask at the start of the month or every month. So it's like, again, it just depends on your agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that way, any extra profit you can make, you can take that home. And this is the thing. You can be as innovative as you can with this. There's 10 different types of Airbnbs. There's contractor Airbnbs. There's uh, the there's you know the contractor market. There's the NHS market. There's the holiday market. There's the wedding market. You can again find a niche, build a community around it, and try and and and, and raise investment. And th- and here's the other thing about raising investment, especially if you're a professional, you can get a community together of people within your network or people within your in your profession. But I've also got interest in property. And for example, starting a medical professionals network. Or starting the you know the freelancers and property network, or the just just you can find a niche that you're mm-hmm. that you're associated with, or that you can relate to people with, and then you can find and raise investment once you build those relationships. Um, that's the that's the very sort of simple strategy that right. I can that I would I would convince people to do. But then you just need a bit more education when it comes to the, the larger parts of money, larger developments. But even then. You don't have to physically be in property to make money from it. You don't have to manage a property. You could just simply be an introducer. And I think this is where the power of community comes in. In a community, people will need services. So if you need, like I, for example, I I find an investor of 150 grand and I give it to this other company to, to invest in a care home. Mm-hmm. I walk away with four and a half grand profit just for an, for an, for an introduction. Right. Being the middleman. Being the middleman. So I can actually make four and a half thousand out of one introduction where I don't have to sell anything. I right. kind of have to get someone interested and just pass the details on. And if it, and if I do that enough times and I've got enough of a community around it, boom. That's it. Say you, say you have a pipeline of individuals that you're literally trying to get in to invest. One of them will drop. Whether it takes three months or six months, that's pretty much someone's wage. 100%. And you just make that in one deal. And, and the interesting thing about that, and you're really mentioning that I love is that you're what you're seeing is you're actually telling me that you don't need thousands of pounds and to invest out of your own money into property to start a real estate investment business. You can actually be, as you mentioned, a middleman where you create a community around people interested in your network or even in a certain niche. And then you can just say, all right, guys, we're looking at these developments, we're looking at these properties, we're going to buy them and rent them out. Who's interested in investing? Yeah. And, and this is, and this is how we traditionally build businesses as well. Like traditional businesses are built on power of networking, networking, mm. your community, you, you want to get referrals out of that. And this is simple as it, you have enough people to give you referrals for something like, for example, I always say, and, and this is the same element in my business. I will find one good accountant, one good mortgage broker, one good, uh, you know, solicitor, one good architecture, one of each type of business. And mm. I will refer them as much as I possibly can. But with them, I have an agreement, the fact that I have, I need, I need to get paid commission. I need to get paid a set fee. Um, and, and that could be it. So you literally, you could just be someone. And if, especially if you've got a community or a network of people or you're building that, you can literally be an introducer and make a lot of profit from it or make a lot of money. And without having to really, really do any work, especially if you've got an email list, Again, this is where the, you know affiliates are born. This is where, and it's okay to be an affiliate. If you don't have an original idea or business, you can literally be an introducer and you'll still make the same amount of money running a business. And that's interesting that you say that because even in my business, which is marketing and I work with local businesses, you bring up a very interesting point that I haven't thought of, which is 
even these local businesses, they're constantly looking for more customers or looking for more clients to come in. And if anyone walks into their door and says, hey, listen, I have a network of people that want your service um, and I'll refer them to you. Let's just let's set up a referral partnership deal where, as you mentioned, we I get some sort of small commission for referring you clients. Any business would say yes to that, would say yes. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a new source of income. They're getting more clients for completely free. All they have to do is give you a tiny cut. And some of them, and some of them guys will pay you retainer fees as well. So they, as long as they're a customer for life, they will continue to pay you. For example, my accountant, I give her probably between five and 10 clients a month. She pays me a hundred pound per client per month, as long as they're mm -hmm. a customer. Right. So I'm getting wow. residual income on the back of one introduction because, right. she, and she's even said to me, you can, bro, you can create your own accountancy firm, call it wherever you want and just give me the business and I'll do the work for you. Yeah. Because you're a national salesperson, you've got a community, you've got a personal brand, you can do what you want. So I can literally set up an accountancy practice tomorrow and start offering that service by literally being building a community and being an introducer or leveraging my property network or leveraging my niche community to be able to send them more business. The power of network, guys. You heard it right here on this podcast. I mean, just if you have an audience of people that are interested in a certain topic and you are spearheading that community, you are the leader, you are the creator, just like... I mean, prime example, guys, you're here watching this interview right now with Abdul Shakur. You're inside of our Facebook group and we're all coming together because we are Muslim entrepreneurs. We're interested in businesses. We all share the same faith. We all relate together and we're building a community here. And so you, you're experiencing this yourself. You're inside of this community. There's nothing stopping you from building your own. And when you do, there's so much that you can do with it. There's so much good that you can do. Go for it. And, and here's the thing. Here's how, to, here's how to, you can take your community global. And this is something that I've done. Um, and, and funny enough, I even did it. I live in the UK, but I've got a community in Toronto and Vancouver. Um, because wherever we traveled, wherever mm -hmm. I travel, wherever I go, I will set up a community. I will go into meetup, set up a group, run the first networking event, 10 people turn up, cool. One of those people will become my host every single month. So I would literally leverage other people's time and the community to lead and, and get them to lead for me on my behalf and i'm building this huge database so i literally in the space of like uh, a year two years i built this sort of like five to seven thousand plus database of people of individuals of potential clients or even referrals or whatever i want to do with them and um, purely on the back of like you know offline engagement that's it it's just that's the power of, of bringing people together whether offline online which is such a huge and beneficial point that you bring together because i'm such an online guy everything i do is online and it's just before I spoke to you, I didn't even that didn't even enter my realm of possibility, which is you should take this thing and also build local communities of Muslim entrepreneurs. I was like, wow, that blew, just, that blew my mind because I'm like, everything is so focused on online these days and myself, I advocate for it. So I'm definitely guilty as charged. And so just that in itself, that if that's one gem that you guys can take away from this episode, from interviewing Abdul Shakur, then that in itself is worth watching the whole thing. Uh, Abdul Shukur, thank you so much for joining us, my man. I actually want to ask you a few more questions, but this time we're going to dive into um, more of your personal side. And I'll ask you three questions that are going to put you on the spot and, and hopefully okay. dig deep. Let's do it, man. So uh, the first question that we have here is I want to ask you in terms of building your business right now, whether it's that personal branding or building communities or property, what has been your biggest challenge that you've had to overcome and how did you overcome it? Yeah. Um Okay, so one of my biggest sort of issues right now is, uh, and, and this continues to be a challenge. It's not it's something that you know that doesn't change overnight. Is I'm great at what I do for my clients, but sometimes I neglect doing the same thing for myself. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I'm great at looking after, and it's naturally happens. If you're in a, if you're in a business or in a service world, you're naturally great at giving advice and adding value. And I can even do the work. Like I do the work for my clients as an agency. We create the social media content. Sometimes I neglect my own. I even say to myself, like, oh, we were having this conversation just before. You we were like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm struggling with YouTube thumbnails because I don't want to tell my graphic designer to go and do it for me because I want them to focus on the on, on the client and not my brand. Yeah. So naturally, you end up neglecting yourself. So I think for me, um, I think that's more advice to myself. And this is why this, you know, this the whole Corona things, lockdown stuff is has really added value to me because I've been I've been able to sit at home and build the confidence to create more confidence and put the process in, and the advice and the routine in place to do it. Um, and this is and that's all it is. It's just discipline. Um, I think if you are disciplined and if you have a routine, and I think every successful person I talk to has an element of those two things, um, they can overcome any challenge. Beautiful, man. I love it. So pretty much what you're saying right now is this quarantine has actually been a blessing in disguise for you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm like. For example, the property stuff might have slowed down because not many people are, you know, property, everyone's scared and everyone's afraid of it. There might be a bit, a bit of a crash. But now, actually, I'm thinking, okay, I can build my marketing company while I'm there. Right. So I've actually picked up, you know, a few new marketing clients in that period while, well, as soon as marketing gets slow, uh, I, I will push the property side. So it's just like, it's just, again, this is the importance of why you should have, like, an educational side to your business or you should have other revenue streams where you can profit from because in the worst times, it might work in your favor and it might actually protect you. Like I still yeah. invest in gold. I still do other things because it's just like you, you have to think of protecting yourself. Um, and, and a community does that for you because no matter how much recession or how much issues that people are going through, there'll always be people buying. There'll always be people investing during this, mm -hmm. uh, in, in a crisis or even in, a, in an economical yeah. crisis. Uh, and that's what I believe. Yeah, and that's it. That power, the power of having an audience, having an audience of people that you can speak to, right? That you don't have to constantly pay ads and whatever, even though I'm a huge ads advocate. And I mean, I run a marketing agency, so I always tell people run ads, run more ads. But as much as you're running ads, you need to also build something that you, it's kind of your audience. You can market to them. You don't have to pay every time you want to put out a message. And that's what a community is for, guys. That's what a community is all about. I have one more question for you. Actually, I have two more. Uh, one is, what's the greatest lesson you've learned from being an entrepreneur, just life lesson. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest thing you've learned being an um, entrepreneur? This is something that I learned from my wife actually. Um, and it's something that um, has literally, it cost me my life, cost me my relationships, cost me my career in the past. Wow. Um, and, and this is the ability to slow down and have mm. a balanced life. Um, I think many people neglect, and especially as a Muslim, you know, we can really neglect our deen, we can neglect our prayer, we can yeah. neglect our parents and the people around us. And I think, um, you know, we're sold on this idea of hustle or working hard. And sometimes we have to slow down and look after ourselves and look after the people around us in order for us to really, like, you know, me slowing down sometimes, you know, allows me to be more creative. It allows me to enjoy what I do. It allows, to, it allows for more opportunities for, for things to happen and also more blessings from Allah. So it's like, for me, the major thing is like, don't buy into this idea that you have to work hard because I did that for, I did 20, 20 hour days or 22 hour days for four right. years. I mm. worked. There was no excuse about that. I did it. Uh, and I only had like two to three hours sleep and I should get back up and work. 
that didn't serve me in the long term. That didn't serve. Yeah, it might serve me for like a month or two months, but you know what I mean. You get you you lose yourself in it. You lose yourself in the business. You forget who you are. You forget that life matters and and that you know your religion matters and the people around you matter. And that's going to have an effect. Like there's a, a something called an integral theory. And this integral theory is basically if two or more areas of your life have been affected in some way, shape or form, it's going to have a domino effect on all the other areas of your life. For example, if your fitness and your uh, if your fitness for, and your relationship at home isn't right, then you won't be happy at work, which means you won't be able to perform in your job, which means you won't mm -hmm. be able to make the money that you make, which means you're not going to be able to live, have a social life, which means you're not going to have the, you know, the energy to be fit or be healthy or spend money. And, and, do you know what I mean? This, this just is domino effect. And I think we need right. to, we need to, we need to always remind ourselves. And, and and I'm still reminding myself. Like I still struggle with it today. Balance isn't easy. It's not going to come overnight. It's a it's something that you have to continuously work on on an ongoing basis for it to work. Hundred percent. And you heard it right here, guys. Balance is so important, especially when you're an entrepreneur. We get distracted. We kind of think it's all about work, work, work. But I even tell all of my students inside of our program that you need to take some time to recharge that battery where you completely disconnect. You just focus on family, you focus on friends, you focus on rebuilding that power to serve within you because it's not an unlimited power. It, it, as the more you use it up, the more you need to recharge. And so make sure you recharge that battery, inshallah. Thank you so much, man. Guys, drop your questions for Abdul Shakur if you have them in the comment box and I'll ask them for, to him right now directly live. I have one more for you before we dive into the audience questions. Again, if you all have questions, put them in the comments, inshallah, and I will be asking him directly. So one last one for you. If you could meet Abdul Shakur, who, as you mentioned, was experiencing homelessness a few years ago, right now, who you are, you could meet him, but you could only tell him one thing. You could only tell him one thing. What would that one thing be? You can meet him, you could look at him, but you can only tell him one thing. He's struggling, man. He's going through that homelessness. He's, he's going through a tough time. What can you tell him? I'd say drop your ego. Interesting. Uh, and the reason for that is I think ego can be, um, I think ego was part of the biggest demise of, of who I was. And I lost myself in that process because I got too, too caught up in my own hype and my own success uh, and my own, how much money I made or I end up blowing it all. I end up, uh, you know, even when it comes to learning, uh, you know, you stop learning because, or you stop investing yourself, you stop doing the things that you care because you feel like, why do I need to care? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm above everyone else. And mm -hmm. I think that can that can destroy you as a, as a brand that can destroy you as a human being and mostly that can destroy you as a muslim because yeah. you know if you've ever heard the call of you know pride pride can pride can destroy you you know one end of pride is you know if you're not guilty of being too proud it's just they, they, you know it's, it's just going to cost you in your relationships and you're not going to become approachable or you're not going to be human uh, and i think that's more important than than the money aspect or the business success aspect you heard it right here, let go of your ego. An important lesson that I think all of us need to remember, man, because again, even when it comes to, I think, putting ourselves out there and building communities, and I want to just bring that back and relate it to what we've been talking about this entire podcast and episode, it's that a lot of people kind of have that ego where like, they don't want to put themselves out there because they don't want to show people that they're trying or that they're building a business. They only want people to see the final product, the final version of themselves, which is that super successful, super, um, you know, hyper profitable business. But you all have to start somewhere. We all have to start somewhere. And so it's important to put that ego down for a second and put ourselves out there, even though we're just starting off. And I'm sure that you'll realize, just like I realized that people are always here to support you if you're sincere and if you want to do good work, inshallah. So again, thank you for that, Abdul Shakur. That's been amazing, man. We'll dive into some audience questions. Guys, if you have questions for Abdul Shakur right now, live 
you have the opportunity to ask him. Let's go ahead and do it. We have one from you from the audience from Fatima, who is, how do you overcome anxiety and procrastination? <laughs> um, I think anxiety is something that I've learned that will always crop up and mm -hmm. you've got to accept that, that anxiety is always going to be there. Um, I think one of the ways to get rid of that is one, being prepared. Right. Um, I think um, if for ex it's the whole idea is if you know if you don't make you know get your bed ready or if you don't have your clothes ready you're not going to go to the gym. So pack your clothes the night before so you know automatically you're going to get up and go to the gym. So for me it was like I used to I used to fill up my schedule with things that um, with meetings or calls because I have to then attend them. I can't just suddenly not take a call now. You know. Right. So I used to try and fit at least one or two calls in a day to try and remove that procrastination of work because what that allows me to do and it builds that energy of the people around me and, and the people that I talk to to then fuel that into the work that I have um, and I think the second thing is remember that there's no such thing as perfect Right. Uh, I think uh, naturally the anxiety thing is okay. What if people don't listen? What if people don't? What if people don't buy? What if the, the thing is you got to be grateful that, or you got to look at your own journey and reflect and think, you know what it is? I put the effort in. Have you done your best? Have you mm -hmm. have you given it your all? Uh, and if you haven't, it's okay. Don't beat yourself about it. There's always tomorrow. There's always another day. But at some point, you have to take that action. And I think that, and again, there's so many different, you know, psychology insights. That I don't know about that. I'm still learning about, um, you know, my wife teaches, you know, learns about this all the time because, again, we all procrastinate, actually. Like, I procrastinate putting content out there or putting a video out there because I'm so worried about what people will think about my home. Like, right. stuff like that happens. But it's like, sometimes, at some point, you just have to do it. Um, and but you also have to not beat yourself up about that. I think that's the important thing. Um, right. And lastly, is gratitude. I think for me, as long and this is what I've learned in life, as long as I've got a roof overhead, I've got food on the table. I need to be grateful for the position I'm in, uh, and anything extra is a bonus. So mm -hmm. you will celebrate every little achievement that you have in your day, or every little achievement that you have a lot. The, the you know along your journey because I think sometimes we need to look back at ourselves and think what have you done like you tell me I'm the I'm the biggest critic I'm, and it says humans we are the biggest critic of ourselves yeah. so you need to look back and you know what it is I have done this I've done my best I can I can look after my family or I've been able to put myself through a job or I've put myself through school at least I'm not in a position where I'm on the street selling drugs or I'm not doing other things so sometimes you just have to be grateful for the position or the resources and the things around us. 100%. And, and again, thank, you bring up, you brought up a very powerful points and a few that I want to highlight. Number one is action beats procrastination. Now, I know it kind of sounds counterintuitive, but you said two things you said be prepared and you said take action, just do it. And it's so important to, to really bring those to the forefront and just kind of highlight that because I think it's so powerful, which is number one, be prepared, schedule it. And if you procrastinate, don't just wait to feel inspired and motivated to do something actually schedule it in your day, take out your list, write it down to, to do a list of what you're going to do today and actually do it. Go but for here's it. The thing. Here's the thing about preparation. Preparation doesn't just mean that, uh, you know, you get your things out. Sometimes it could, it yeah. could yeah, it has a lot of different factors. It could be the environment. Are you working from home? 
Like yeah. I used to, you know, to stop procrastination, I used to go and sit in a coffee shop or I used to go sit in a lively environment because I wanted to step away from my environment. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, you need a bit of change or you need a, something, you need to do something different in order to, to get yourself. For example, I used to, you know, I procrastinate. I was, I was, you know, when I was going through depression, I used to literally like try and inspire myself through listening to interviews or listening to, you know, motivational videos to get myself boosted up. But they get to that stage where, again, you have to be inspired or you have to have a level of passion for what you do. If you don't enjoy what you do and if you don't enjoy this, it does like then you're not going to get any 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 sort of reward from doing it. That's true. 100%. You need to feel like it just that drives you like you, you get hungry, you wake up and you're hungry to attack and you're hungry to go ahead and, and move forward with the day and take action. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But that's not everyone, because everyone, like I can, I can relate to people of, of, you know, waking up in the morning and not feel like doing anything. You know, that's that's the battle that we have to face every day. But you yeah. take one step at a time. Even if you do one thing today, whether it's okay, I'm just gonna log online and I'm just gonna upload a picture on my banner. It could be something as small as that. That's Don't uh, the biggest thing about anxiety and procrastination that used to come for me was. I used to look at other people and I used to think they're ahead of me or, or they look what they're doing. And it used to put me off because I feel like I can't do that. And that used to make me procrastinate or feel even worse. So I stopped comparing myself to other people and, and those and those things around me because I felt like, actually, you know, I need to be grateful for my own strength and I need to go at my own pace and I've got my own journey and I need to focus on that rather than focusing on, on all the other things that are going on around us. 100% man, and, and, a, and, a, and a really powerful point. I mean, and it's something that I feel have, have, have had, it has impacted me. And it's to, to just start to just actually, as you mentioned, just when you do that one thing, if you just do that one small thing, you'll realize naturally that sense of pride that you feel from accomplishing even that small task leads you to be like, okay, that felt so good that I want to continue. I want to keep going and I want to do more. And you'll find yourself all of a sudden actually doing more than you planned because it just feels so good. And you want, and you know what? No matter how successful you get, you will always have fear or anxiety. Like I still, like I've done what series of, of of hosting and public speaking. Yet every time I have to do a podcast, I still shit myself. Like I still, <laughs> I'm still like I'm still panicking. I feel really uneasy. I'm like, oh, what if this podcast is crap? What if the person doesn't like me? What if the question did it? Like, we replace these things all in our head, and it, it is yeah. still the every time I get on stage. I, I have this thing where I need to get myself in the zone where I have to, I, I run around, pace around, and my palms are getting sweaty before the stage. But once I'm there, I'm okay. Yeah. Once I'm there, I'm okay. But before that, it's natural. It's like, it, it's not something that, oh, it's just, it's just happening to you. It's happening to everyone. 100%, man. Huge, huge advice here. And I, and I hope that you've benefited, inshallah, Fatima. We're going to dive into the next audience question. And again, guys, this is your chance right now in our live Q&A at the end of the episode to ask questions to Bullshit Court to our guests live and get answers from them on this episode. So inshallah, we'll go ahead and dive into the next one, which is from Kamran Rashid. And it's, I have so many ideas and I can see in my mind's eye what I need to do, right? And, and I guess that's a lot of people, I believe are in this situation. They have so many ideas, so many possibilities. But when I sit down, my mind either goes blank or I get overwhelmed by all the, all the, all the ideas and thoughts and don't know where to start. So lots of ideas, lots of options, where do we start? Where do we go ahead and? It is um, confusing. I mean, I can relate to this. So, I'm I'm the worst for that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm running three or four different companies at the same time, and it isn't easy. And and it's and it can get very overwhelming, and it can get very drained out, and I can get people very tired. Um, yeah. But I think you automatically you just have to you t again your 
this this thing about trying to get it right the first time around is the reason why you're feeling overwhelmed by field anyway. Mm -hmm. I think this is my thing because I think if you feel like you're trying to get it perfect or that perfect business idea, it's not going to come. And that's why we we feel overwhelmed. Just go through the list, create a list, and say, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give it my best shot, and I'm going to run through it, regardless of which order. Even if you have to cut it up and and, and, and pick one out of a hat, whatever, whatever it is, just pick one and go with it. And you'll find out, like, you know, it's, it's taken me over nine years to get my stage, to get my to get me to the stage that business is now where it needs to be or where I feel like I've got the ability to lead and build a business. That's natural. Nothing's going to come overnight. So you just got to let go of the fact that you're going to get each idea is perfect and just say, let's do it, let's try it. If yeah. it works for a few months, if it works, if it doesn't, okay, cool. What's the worst that can happen? You still got a roof in through the table, right? Hundred percent. And and again, you bring up. I love that you're just giving straight answers because a lot of times, you know, we think like the answer is going to be some secret sauce or some magic uh, potion that you know, or like some formula that we, we're going to dive into. But it's really this: it's make a list and put them in order of priority on what you think you're most passionate about in terms of your ideas versus what you're least passionate about, and then just go mm -hmm. ahead and give it a shot. Just actually start try it and see what happens but definitely make it a, make a list prioritize and see what you want to go for and go for it, and, try and here's it. The thing. what might end up happening and this is going back to my point about creative you want might end up happening is that you might end up combining three or four of the different ideas you have into one business yeah like that's happened that's happened to me in so many different ways oh yeah i didn't 100%. know i i didn't expect myself to fall into property i just picked a one client and then I end up going into the business. And then now I'm trying to combine the whole world of, you know, personal branding for property people or personal branding to help people business owners. Or like, I didn't expect that to happen. It just mm -hmm. felt like even the whole personal development thing, like the whole me providing mentoring or educational courses came from me starting a personal development business. But I only added value. I only added that to my marketing agency later on in life. So it's yeah. like, you don't know. It's like the whole thing about Steve Jobs said it perfectly. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And this is what he meant. You don't know where the journey is going to take you. You know, Allah's right. got a, a beautiful way of, of of showing us where we need to be. You know, you know, Allah's yeah. a planner of all planners. Allah's going to help you and get there as long as you have belief in Allah and you have and and you, you do your best in this world. You know, it, it things will happen for you. 100%. And, and I definitely relate to that. And I can agree to that. And I can attest to it because myself, even with Omarpreneur, guys, you're listening to this podcast. I've always, it's always been something that's been interesting to me, but I didn't have a chance to start it before. I started Omarpreneur as a brand to coach Muslim entrepreneurs. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, wait, I can actually add that on right now. We can add the podcast. It's going to be an awesome feature. We'll give more value and we can just bring it on as a bonus. So, again, just like Abdul Shakur, you said, which is an amazing, um, really amazing idea. And it's to, start with that start with that idea that really interests you the most and then you can probably build a few more into it inshallah as you grow and that's just very powerful it's something i haven't thought of and i haven't realized really so thank you for that appreciate it like yeah no absolutely even for your stuff right? let's take your business for example now you could easily attach the ability to start training uh healthcare companies or their marketing managers that they already hired to start yeah. training them on themselves. you could go into this whole thing about running a healthcare com marketing conference or a healthcare conference and working with a few leading suppliers to make that happen and start yeah. doing events exhibitions where you can make 30 40 grand profit from that per event so you know there's so many different you know, the format will always be, will change. Yeah, 100%. The, the format's going to change. 
like it'll change depending on your audience, depending on what time you're in, depending on your skill set. The, the format will change. If you're not comfortable in doing an online course, like I, I, I'm, I, I, I go crazy with the fact of building an online course. I can't do it. I struggle with it. And even till today, you ask me, it's just, it's just something I keep procrastinating and putting off with. Yeah. But put me in an online environment. I'm, I'm cool. I'm there. I'm done. Put me, you know, put me in an environment where it's for my agency. I'll do it. So naturally, where. We're we're gonna feel overwhelmed or things aren't gonna happen, but you just gotta you gotta focus on your strengths and figure yeah. out what you enjoy most. That's it. Action, action beats procrastination, guys. We said it, and it's kind of it relates back to the previous question, which is again taking action and just trying it out and actually moving forward with it will give you a sure answer, a surefire answer on if you're passionate about it, if you like it, and if it's a good idea. Inshallah. So that's just amazing value. Again, thank you, Abdul Shakur, for all that you've given us and all that you've shared on this podcast. Um, Riz says, I've gone through so many ideas and watched other people make a killing from doing it. I'm sure we can all relate to that. We all have this genius inside let, of us. Let me tell you about that. Let me <laughs> Go for you it. That. You know what? And, and this is the thing. The only do, and I've seen this in the marketing industry, especially, there's so many people that don't know what they're talking about. I yeah. still make more money than me because they're giving yeah. you top level, broad level information or detail. Mm -hmm. And we might have so much more knowledge, but the problem is we don't put ourselves out there. It's true. Yeah. That's the only reason. Like that person's making more money because they're putting themselves out there. That, just, that, that could be the one thing that you take away from this is the fact that the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities you'll open up for yourself. That's it. That's it. And you heard it here on this podcast. And we told you, we gave you strategies. We gave you ideas to implement in terms of building community, personal brand. Abdul Shakur, I just want to thank you for everything that you've shared with us today, man. It's been an awesome podcast, a great first episode. And I hope that you've all enjoyed it. You've enjoyed being here. We're going to do this every single week, every Tuesday live inside of our Facebook group, guys. So make sure that you attend. We got live guests. We get to ask them real questions. And it's been an absolute honor, Abdul Shakur. How can people connect with you and work with you if they're interested in learning more? Um, again, there's, you know, I have my own, you know, one, again, all my, I don't do courses. So I do one-to-one -one personal branding programs where I help mm -hmm. people build their community uh, and, and generate sales. So for example, someone that's learned up yourself, that's built an online course or trying to drive sales and trying to build a brand from it. Um, absolutely. Let me know if I can help, uh, in terms of build getting that community up and running. Um, the, if they want to find me, just type in my Abdul Shakur into Facebook, into Instagram. I'm like, I'm going very much in on Instagram right now uh, as my platform because I'm trying to get to 10K followers. So I'm just like, oh, wow. I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of like on this mission to build my Instagram account. So I'm, again, I'm, I'm more than happy to engage within the Facebook community. You'll see me be active in it. So feel free Beautiful. to at any one point, just ask me a question. But because uh, I want to also keep the engagement going within the um, Umar yeah. brand. If you have any questions, address it to me. I'm more than happy to provide value. Uh, again, it's because he's built this brand, he's built this community, and I'm trying to, you know, you know, and, and we need to be stay being a part of it, stay active. Um, and I just want to thank you for for building this community in the first place. So if they want to chat to me, you know, they'll find me within the Umar community. Beautiful, guys. You'll find him within this group. I'm going to tag him. I've already tagged him, I think, but I'll make sure to tag him in the title, in the comments, and make sure to reach out to him. Go to his group, inshallah. Um, Riz says, can you link your Instagram? So we'll make sure to link his Instagram in the comments, uh, and we'll post that. I'll also post it in the post description. So I'll update that, inshallah. We'll make sure to link all of his good stuff, his group, his Instagram, and everything else. Abdul, thank you so much, my man. It's been an honor to have you. This has been a value-packed interview I'm and i look forward to seeing you again on this podcast inshallah thank you so much my brother no all right that's it for today guys we'll see you next week on tuesday inside of the group live once more make sure to attend live and we'll see you next time assalamualaikum